the Dardanelles Lake Hike. So the way that we access Lake Dardanelles is by driving up Highway 50 and continuing all the way up past Pollock Pines into the El Dorado National Forest until we get all the way to the summit, which is Echo Peak. And I have heard that you can also access this trail at the same place, but both of the times that I went, I continued down Highway 50, down that big, beautiful, yet yeah, kind of scary highway into the South Lake Tahoe. Now, when you're heading into South Lake Tahoe, um, actually even before you get there, there's a small town called Myers, and Highway 89 intersects Highway 50 here at Myers. So this is where we actually took the highway, turning to the right-hand side and going southward. Um, and then it wasn't long before that, maybe, I don't know, five miles before we arrived at the parking lot. Now, I'm not sure, I'm absolutely, oh yeah, it's the Big Meadows Trailhead, and it's on the left-hand side of the road. But even the drive-in from there, it already feels very exciting because you can see the the sharp cliffs off to the um, to the right and because this has been such a nice and wet year there's snow still up on some of those those peaks along there so um, I felt pretty excited by the time we finally got to uh, get out of the car and start on the trail now I went two weeks in a row the first week I went with a meetup group that I didn't know any of the people from. Although I do hike with meetup groups occasionally, it's been quite a long time. And it is not one of my most favorite ways to hike. I was super appreciative though this time when I went because there was another hiker who um, I want to say was on the slower end, although I was by far much slower than he was. But he was also taking photographs, so he, I think he used my slowness as an excuse to spend a little bit more time taking photography. But there were certainly times where he was waiting for me on the trail. And the second time I went with my middle daughter, and I, that was really nice because we, I felt just really evenly paced with her. I never really got the impression that she was trying to rush or had to, um, you know, stand on the trail and wait for me to catch up. We just kind of took a pace that was really comfortable for me, which, which was really nice. And it was, it was nice as well because, like, I don't think that either one of us felt pushed to constantly you know talk as we were going along which gave us a lot of time to really enjoy the amazing views and the trail and kind of be in our own space at uh, different times along the trail so the first thing after leaving the 
parking lot, which is a really nice parking lot. It's free. They've got um, pit toilets there. They're nice pit toilets, but pit toilets nonetheless. And um, the trail is really clear and, and visibly marked. Now, my understanding is that this is actually part of the Tahoe Rim Trail at this particular location. So, oh, wouldn't you know it? Okay, I just have to say that I've spent most of the morning trying to find a good place to record here. I really wanted to get out of my own house to record. And I've been to a few different parks. There's always been some noise, as there always is, some noise going on. I finally found what seemed to me like a fairly quiet park. Right now I'm in, in Cameron Park at a park called Gateway. And it's really nothing more than uh, mowed down fields underneath oak trees and with houses surrounding it. So it's there's nobody really here during this time of day because it's the middle of the day. I am, however, under a flight path and totally to my surprise, somebody just turned on their lawnmower and is mowing in their back garden, which is surprising. It's really warm out right now and it's the middle of the day. But nonetheless, hopefully the angle of my recorder won't pick up their um, <laughs> sounds of their mower too much. I'll try to just continue to talk over it. This is probably the fifth time I've tried to record about this, this hike. So once you are at the parking lot at Big Meadows Trailhead, like I said, the path right out, uh, right out of the parking lot is super clear. And I, I don't know, I already started to feel excited just walking through that one little bit. There's, I could already see some flowers blooming. The weather, of course, was just like you know, perfect. The air was, you know, warm, but not too warm, cool, but not too cool. It was just a really lovely day for walking. And not far out of the parking lot, you um, arrive at the road, which which kind of surprised me that how quickly we suddenly like were, were right at the road. And you actually have to run across the road to get to the trailhead on the other side. And that was a little bit scary. It's on a, you know, just a slight curve. And the way that the the road rolls a little bit, uh, it makes it just safe enough that you can actually do it, but just nerve-wracking enough that, especially when wearing a backpack or feeling encumbered, that part I wasn't, I wasn't too keen on. But as we got to the other side, there was one of those little kiosks that kind of tells you a little bit about, you know, what's going on around here. And as we started up the trail, which is filled with big white granite boulders and is obviously very well maintained, as you can tell that it's, you know, completely like weed free, the trees are cut quite far back. Um, it's a really clear, easy to hike. It almost feels a little bit um, contrived, like maybe like you're not really out in nature because it's just a little bit too perfect and too pretty. But I can see now um, 
following a map along, which is really helpful for me finding the names of all these places because I do love the names. So um, I didn't know it then, but I could hear a creek off to the right-hand side. And it turns out that the name of that creek is Big Meadow Creek. Now, I know the excitement of Big Meadow now, but at this point in the hike, I really didn't have any clue. We were just kind of switchbacking up and down along um, with the first week with the group of people I was with. And the group that I was with are um, very well, um, what's the word? You know, very well set up. They had their uh, hiking outfits and their boots and all of their, their gear and everything. And because, well, for different, <laughs> a few different reasons, because I never liked the idea of really buying into anything, even hiker style to me is something that, although I know the practicality of it, I certainly don't set out on the trail to show off my gear and to, you know, kind of impress other people around me. It's, you know, since I've been young, that's been something that's been a real, real turnoff for me is this whole, you know, putting on certain things to impress other people around you. Because growing up in Los, Los Angeles, that's exactly how everybody is for everything. So I, um, was hiking barefoot as I usually do and on the first hike I had brought my big backpack which I had bought used and have not really ever taken it out on an overnight but I really have been looking for an excuse to kind of just wear it in a little bit have you know rather than setting out the first time with an overnight really kind of using it as a day pack but I was also worried that it was going to slow me down a little bit. But I went ahead and went for it, even though I was nervous about people's comments because I knew it was just an eight-mile hike. I didn't want people to be like, oh, she totally doesn't even know how to backpack. As you know, as I say in one breath, like I'm not out to impress you. But at this same time, I really struggle with people making comments about what I'm doing or not doing. So, of course, I had my um, pack loaded up so it wasn't completely light. I had all of my, you know, like in case we got caught overnight type of emergencies, a blanket, um, winter clothes, uh, gloves, a jacket, hat, things like that. But again, although I always hike with layers... I don't necessarily need to bring as as much as I did on that day. But as I started up the trail, and I always like to see how comfortable I am with my bare feet, I was holding my flip-flops in my hand. And after kind of looking back at me uncomfortably uh, a few times, uh, one woman stopped and said, you know, you did bring shoes with you, didn't you? And I just looked at her, and I was like, of course. And that kind of 
stopped her from saying anything else. She clipped off with her little, you know, double hiking sticks that, you know, matched her little outfit and matched her little backpack. But this is definitely one of those situations that, like, just in general, that feels a little bit uncomfortable in, in the world, that although I like to hike barefoot, it's because I like the feel of it, but it also opens me up to other people's commentary, and I don't necessarily want to engage in other people's commentary And I've tried over the years being, you know, polite about things, being curt about things, being, you know, rude about things. Like, I really, I'm not here to converse or explain why I do or don't do things. But even that wasn't, you know, it would be one thing if, if maybe perhaps people were just curious But what it is almost is it's like judgment without even knowing. And, you know, I could tell just by the way that she said it, it was that like, okay, you're not stupid enough to actually do what I think you're doing, are you? And that's when I I feel like I don't want to be on, um, I don't want to be on the defensive. I'm out here to hike. And again, you know, if someone was genuinely curious, like, oh, like, why do you hike without shoes? That might be one thing. So that was the beginning of that trail. And again, it was kind of nice because those people went ahead and pushed forward. And as usual, I stayed towards the end of the trail. One, so I can go at my own speed. And two, just so I can kind of enjoy the the solitude of the, of, of the event, even though I was hiking with people. So... The second time I went, it was pretty nice to see my middle daughter get excited about her first seeing all of this this hike up here, and I was really excited to share share it with her. So going up through that um, beginning of the trail, through the the granite steps that angled back and forth and had big boulders and little boulders that on a very well-defined trail was was really enjoyable and especially as I knew for me what was other than the lake the most exciting and unexpected part of the trail for me now we came to a trail marker and I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly what it said But the trail split at one point to two different directions. One took off to the left and the other one continued straight. And seeing so I knew where we were going, I, um, on this, on the second time, I urged Molly to go ahead and and go forward. And by then we had kind of, of rounded the, the hill top there and it kind of leveled out a little bit. But all you can kind of see in front of me were were bushes and there wasn't a really big view and you kind of come to a part where the ground started to feel soggy and that's always a neat feeling especially when you don't have any shoes on that you can almost feel as though like there's a spongy layer on top of the earth below that that you know I was walking on and and that feeling was really exciting for me and then we could see water 
And it's this, the waterway almost looked like a man-made canal, the way that it was just so uniform and cut through the edge. And there was a man-made bridge, probably 10 feet long, maybe even a little bit less. It didn't have any sides on it. And the first week that we went there, it was a little bit more flooded than the second week. But there was water in, a little bit in front of the bridge. Some people had thrown some pieces of wood or moved some rocks to kind of get up on it. So at that point, I was a little bit glad that I didn't have any shoes on because I was able to um, just go ahead and step in the water and get on the bridge. And on the bridge, now you can look down into this waterway and the water was so crystal clear, just like there was nothing in the water but water itself. It was absolutely beautiful. But it was really hard to keep my attention there because right past the bridge, the scenery opens up completely. And that's when we entered what I now know as the Big Mau. So the Big Mau is actually the Big Meadow which is the destination of, I guess, this, this trail if you're just going that, that partial way there. But you're instantly like drawn into the absolute beauty and splendor of, of the Big Mau. I mean, it's, again, it almost is it's so beautiful that it, that it feels surreal. The greenness and the levelness of it was just astonishing and completely all around it is a grove of trees and around all those groves of trees are backed by these amazing mountain ridges and peaks and um, volcanic outcroppings gray and um, jagged uh, layered it was just absolutely like you could imagine that you could see the inside of old volcanoes that had been withered away over the years, and you know these great granite, um, you know, escarpments that had been ground away by by um, uh, glaciers over the years. Like it was just breathtaking that as you can tell I like I didn't know which direction to turn my head like do you take in the the, the amazing vast greenness of it all do you take in the that outline of the the dark forest at the edges of it do you take in the the view of the snow-capped mountains I mean it was just unbelievable and above all of it was this blue sky just with clouds floating across it like it, you couldn't have picked it better you couldn't have staged it better it was just just surreal and beautiful so the trail after leaving that that bridge walks very shortly across um where you can see the the winding Way, water way of the and again it looked like it had been a canal cut off it was so symmetric and so twisty that you're like you know is water really going to be that uniform that symmetrical and then in front of you is this trail that literally goes straight through the meadow like straight as an arrow cuts right through the center of the meadow so 
now we're walking on this this straight trail and you know like I'm looking up at the sky I'm looking down at the at the green tufts of grass I'm looking at the the wildflowers and the butterflies and you know the looking up over my shoulder and even turning around and looking at the angles of the mountains against the blue sky the the gray and the browns and oh it's just amazing and of course now you're also in the big meadow with everybody else who's also traversing it at that time and you're all just in awe and wonder of each like beautiful amazing thing like oh my gosh these people see it too and that's when it's beautiful in those moments to like share it with other people and everybody you know who is passing us going the opposite direction just had this huge smile on their face because like we were all here this place is amazing and I really could have just stopped right there. I could have laid a blanket down and just, you know, looked at the rocks and the shapes of the trees and the the fluttering of the butterflies and the green of the grass. The grass was so cool. It was like these little tufts of grass, not like individual carpet or blades. And it was so springy underneath because all of this had been, you know, recently, you know, underwater or, you know, just draining the meadow drains into this um, the, this waterway um, and the ground so springy underneath my feet it was even gloopy in some places but I really really was a little bit disappointed that that we were <laughs> that we were going on and I absolutely wanted to to stay there but I also especially going back the second time I knew I knew where it was going to to end up. Okay, having to do a in the moment for you here. Now, as I said, I'm sitting in a park right now. There's a squirrel in front of me. I just saw hanging upside down on a tree. And there was a slight little stump sticking out. And he was hanging upside down on that little jutting area and let his front feet dangle. So he was just hanging by his back feet. So yeah, that just happened right now. Okay, so back to the big meadow. Of course, you know, we're taking pictures and, and walking along. And you as, as you move forward, you can see that you're going to hit the forest canopy again. And it almost, it felt disappointing. Like, oh, we really have to leave. And I, I tried to linger as much as I could. But... Um, we entered in back into the the forest canopy and it was a little bit more overgrown a little bit darker than the first part of the trail as we were kind of going upward through the granite and you could also tell that here rather than the the trail being you know decomposed granite was actual soil that again had been kept meticulously clear um brown um a soft dirt but also now we were back into um there were some oak trees and uh, little acorns and that was another thing that from the beginning to end of this trail I must have seen the largest variety of pine cones on the ground that that I had had seen so I'm sure we walked underneath just about every single part of the pine trees as we were going along 
every single part of the pine trees, every single different type of pine tree. So we um, wound up into this forest, and it was a... Um, it wasn't particularly steep, but it was a very continuous incline, which I'm a downhill girl. This We were going uphill, not my favorite, most exciting way to go. Um, and we also walked into an extreme attack of mosquitoes. Now... I'm not really bothered by mosquitoes all that much. They don't bite me. Their um, their bites don't stay with me that long. But at one point, the gentleman who actually was kind enough to kind of slow down for me already on the trail had left one of his walking sticks as he was taking photographs. So I offered to wait for him. Um, so I'm <laughs> standing in the shade of these the forest getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. I just was constantly smack, 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 smack. And days later, when I looked at my legs, I looked like I had the chicken pox. I was covered. But again, none of them got really bad. None of them got really itchy. And I did, you know, I did recover fairly easily from that. So we passed a couple people on the trail more so the first week that I was there than the second week when I was with Molly. Now, she had her um, her mosquito spray with her. So even though neither one of us are, are big um, about using sprays and things like that, there was such a high level of mosquitoes that it, that it simply just made sense to to use the mosquito spray and of course then we both commented about it the whole time like we literally could not get the taste of the mosquito spray out of out of our mouth it was um a little bit unpleasant but we actually did not get bit by a single mosquito as soon as you spray that stuff on like they're, they're gone now the next part of the trail I don't have as as clear, you know, it's, I want to say it's a little bit more monotonous. Uh, I'll share some of the things that I remember, but whether that it's actually, you know, in this order, but, you know, it's going through the pine forest and um, coming up. I do remember at one spot there, there was a, um, a lake that, um, the first week I was there, was everything was covered with that yellow um, pollen that kind of just makes it look a little bit scummy. But the second time we were there, it looked a lot prettier. But the thing that surprised me about that little kind of lake that was just off the trail was that it was a completely different place. In my memory, like both times, like I really thought it was right near the beginning of the trail and it, it wasn't at all. So it was interesting going two weeks in a row because like what I remembered versus what actually, what I actually experienced was a little, was a little bit different. Um, but I, um, remember getting then up to this certain point at the, um, top and, um, the man that I, uh, 
was hiking with said, you know, he kind of showed me just across this ravine is where we're hiking to. So it was shortly after we reached the ridge of this trail that we actually leave the Tahoe Rim Trail and turn to the right and start heading down um, a fairly um, steep ravine that we're now going to take to cut across to um, the Dardanelles Lake. And he showed me that those mountains were called the Dardanelles, but obviously there's no way we could see the lake from where from where we were. Um, then shortly after that, again, as we were descending down into this this ravine, we could hear that we were coming up on on water again. And we followed the path for a little bit alongside that um, that waterway. And there was another trail marker that again we took or uh, we took this one to to the left, which by then was pretty obvious that we were going to cross over that um, creek that we had been hearing the whole time. And um, happily, we we were, and it was because it was just so beautiful. And like so many other parts of the trail up up through all of this it had been extremely well maintained and somebody had actually put um, blocks, uh, stepping stones, but they were pretty symmetrical blocks, very evenly spaced and very um, well seated into this creek. And the creek was just absolutely, again, just like beyond breathtaking that, you know, these, these, perfectly spaced little stepping stones, the clearness of the water, the variety of flowers and grasses was just, it was just phenomenally breathtakingly beautiful. And as I stopped to peer up the waterway, I could see the, the cliffs of what I now know to be a, a volcanic formation um, off on one side and looking the other direction if you know a few trees were taken out and the angles were just right we could actually see all the way down into uh, Lake Tahoe so that was that was pretty pretty beautiful and I know especially the first time that I went I was so um you know, as there were so many times that I thought that, oh, we're close, that we're almost there, that I felt like um, it wasn't going to be much further. There's people coming backwards on the trail, and they're like, oh, you know, it's not too far from here. So I definitely had that sense of like, you know, oh, not far from here, five more minutes. But it was more like not far from here, like, oh, another hour we still had to go. Um, so... We're winding up and down um, these hillsides with, um, again, with with rocks and and pine trees, um, and then we came to this one outcropping of uh, rocks that really reminded me of uh, of high rocks, and oh shoot, what's that other place? Um, 
I want to say out near Tracy, but out near the Jelly Belly factory. I don't remember the name of it, but it was similar to High Rocks as well, like those square rocks. And again, I wanted to leave the trail. I wanted to climb around on those rocks and just explore them. Like that in itself would have been a destination because they were just these towering and symmetrical rocks. Mm, another thing that I remember seeing um the first time there was this round rock that was covered in pebbles that looked like it was um, concrete. It looked like somebody had rolled up a big ball of concrete and stuck it on the trail. The only thing is, you know, we were out in the middle of nowhere and who's going to put a boulder like up at the top of the hill? But it was almost like covered in like pebble dash, that same you know, just like millions of teeny tiny little rocks in this this round um, asphalt. I mean, that's what it looked like, right? Concrete asphalt. Yeah. Um, and all throughout this hike, I would get these glimpses of these these you know um, volcanic activity from long ago, and seeing not only how all of this volcanic activity had shaped these mountains, but then how just as much time had elapsed that had also, you know, wore down and, and recontoured and washed away and and re-exposed all these different layers of, you know, of rocks. And, you know, some of them were... Um, twisting and moving type of rocks. Some of them were, like I said, that those rolled up pieces of them, you'd suddenly find these like ridges or juttings of them. You know, like you could almost see like how the lava flowed over the area and then it had all eroded again um, over time. It was, it's, it's a fascinating, fascinating um, journey. So it wasn't long before we got to... Um, Oh, again, my timing on this, I did find was a little bit off. So it might have been the first time we, we went through. I really kind of loved this this part of it because it made me feel like I was, a, I was a kid. And unfortunately, by the second time I was there, it, it had dramatically changed. But um, because of the high water levels and the high amount of groundwater, the first time we went through this one particular area... There were all of these downed trees and there was water kind of everywhere. So where the trail originally was, both had water on it and had these like crisscrosses of, of trees. But the crisscross of trees was really cool. Like it would be such a fun place to like, oh, let's just go and like climb around there all day. You know, there were big logs to climb up on and to to scoot over and um, it really seemed like fun. I was so bummed out. I was holding that heavy backpack because I really wanted to more just like scramble around on, on all of it. And, you know, it was fun to see like where the water was like, where I could actually like just walk through it. You know, other people who had their, their shoes and their, um, you know, longer pants on and stuff like that were trying to find like drier routes around it. But it was really... Ugh, I love that part. That was so fun. At certain points, the water got so cold, I had to like, you know, sit down on a log and get my feet out of the water just to kind of get myself through it. Um, 
unfortunately, by the second time we had gone back, um, the um, there's a conservancy that's working up there and maintaining the trails, and they had done so much work on it that they'd taken all the all the fun <laughs> out of it. Um, they had, you know, cut through the majority of the logs that were covering the trail, and I think that just because the water levels were naturally lower that week, a lot more of the trail was exposed. But there were still a couple good logs to kind of balance along and, and to climb over. And I had found the second time on our, or the first time on our way back, a side trail that had been developed um, around it that we had completely missed on the way in because we were kind of tailing along. Um, but that proved helpful both um, both times after that when uh, Molly and I went in and out as as well. Um, we took that side trail, but still, I kind of like the idea of, of just leaving all of those logs there and letting people climb over it. Come on, conservancy people, which again gets me into all of that headspace about, you know, what's the real what's the real benefit or um, helpfulness of the conservancy because you could see that they would were clearing falling logs but then they were also you know piling them up to do burns later which you know I don't know like those logs need to be back into the ground and I know that everybody needs you know regular burning but it's also controlled and contrived and I don't know. It just, I don't, it seems a little bit more than it needs to be. But again, that's just me. Like, like I said, there are times when I almost felt like we were hiking along a movie set. It was so well taken care of. And I'm, I'm curious even to know for myself, like, would I be more comfortable with something that's, you know, more rustic, but being an actual trail, like, oh, what was her name? Grandma, who uh, hiked up the, um, not the Pacific Crest Trail, the other one. Oh, see, there you go, trying to tell another story. Anyway, Grandma, y'all know who I'm talking about, who was one of the early hikers of that other trail that's not the Pacific Crest Trail. And, um, you know, she, <laughs> she was saying that where she thought it was supposed to be a clear trail all along was, you know, a lot of things but that. So maybe she would appreciate the, the trail maintenance at this level here. So luckily we got to go over another creek that was a little bit, um, which one was first? There was a wider one and a narrower one, and I don't remember which was which, but, but again, it had the the stones across the middle of it and even by the second week there were more flowers blooming and that was really spectacular but even by now then I was starting to get excited because I remember the first time that I saw Dardanelles Lake and I knew now that I was going to share that with with my daughter and I was so I was feeling excited because even though I remembered walking up these again kind of like a, a rock staircase almost in some places uh, it gets quite um, steeply going upwards and I remember thinking that I thought we were so close but it seemed like we still had so far to go but by then 
five minutes was feeling like so far to go and a little bit too much, but I definitely knew that we were, we were almost there and we, um, we're picking our way to kind of feel there's off and on, um, granite, it's easy to lose the trail because it's hard to make markers in the, the granite. And although it all looked familiar to me, I couldn't really tell exactly how far we were supposed to follow this one ridge before we turned to the right to actually access the lake. And we saw some rabbit ears. And so Molly followed the rabbit ears. And although I turned just a little bit sooner, but we were both kind of heading (laughs) within feet of each other. We kind of angled back and we were both on the same trail. And I purposely held myself behind Molly and I tried to grab my camera. I got it on a few minutes too late, but that first view of the lake, when I saw it the first time, I, I, I literally, I just wanted to cry. It's so touchingly, amazingly beautiful, like, These granite rockways, almost like stages, set up around this blueness that's so elegantly and tantalizingly blue and silver. It's just just breathtaking. The Dardanelles are filled with ridges and snow and the layers of you know, close forest and darker, further forest and snow-capped mountains and blue skies and you're just up in the air and face-to-face with this beautiful water. It's And there's a beautiful rounded um, hillside at one side of the lake as well that is just reminds me of Morro Bay. It's majestic and breathtaking. And I I just want I just wanted to be like part of it and I was. I was in that moment like you're you're part of this beautifulness. Like my presence here has made me now a part of all this magnificent beauty that's just breathtaking. So, almost, I almost felt at a loss, like, both times, like, how do I, how do I be here and be a part of it and take it in and, it's, it's an indescribable feeling because you're, it's almost like, it's almost like a longing, like, you're, you're here, and you're, you're touching it all, and it's surrounding you, but there is this, this thin veil of separation between you and it, and you don't know how to get closer to it, like, I want to be closer to it, but I don't, like, if I touch the lake, if I lay on the rock, if I, 
you know, press up against the tree. Like, what's going to get me to, to be one with all of this, this here? Like, close, but so close. I can take it in and I can behold it. But there's definitely a, um, there's a separation that somehow I want to transcend that I don't know how to transcend. But the first time I so enjoyed watching the people around me, the group that we had hiked with really was a a varied group. And one of them had actually already hiked up to Round Lake and was uh, arriving at um, Dardanelles Lake right before us. Now, I've heard and I've seen on maps that Round Lake is about a mile off from where we were. So they had done two extra miles on me by the time that I got there. And, of course, this one couple was just, you know, oh, my gosh, this breathtakingly gorgeous. They looked, they looked like they were out of a magazine. You know, she was tan and and fit and all of her outfit was just, you know, perfectly, you know, she looked like she lived in it. And he had photography equipment complete with a, <clears throat> excuse me, complete with a, um, what do you call those things? Those hovery craft airplanes? Oh, speaking of airplane, I hear one coming. The place where I'm sitting now, back to real time for just a moment, um, in Cameron Park, <clears throat> is it? actually right over a flight path and I'm surprised that I got to go so far in between having before an airplane came but I'm I'm definitely gonna enjoy the flight of this airplane as it comes over me it's a small airport so they're just um you know private aircraft that people take out for the day it's kind of cool actually too because there's hangars in people's houses and some of the houses even back up the the runway so it's pretty neat I haven't seen a lot of places like that although because I've never owned my own private plane there might be a lot more of them so of course that airplane does not sound like it's coming over me it sounds like it's going a little bit further away but so Um, I was also hoping that if I had talked just enough, I would remember the name of those, um, everybody's, oh, drones, almost to the point where, like, I find it irritating. Oh, they've got a drone. I, I think of drones as, like, um, military airplanes that are going off and dropping bombs on people, but now these, um, remote controlled aircraft that people can get are, our drones and um, people are using them a lot for uh, photography, which is amazing photography. And I never did get a chance to actually see that um, photography that he took that day, although I really would like to. I should make a point of doing that. So I was watching that gorgeous couple, of course, she strips off her the majority of her clothes and plunges into the water. Um, some of the people who were um, a little bit ahead of us in our group had gone a little bit further around the lake 
and there's a little like peninsula area that juts into the lake and they were already splashing around in, in the water. The people that I had um, hiked up with um, were, we were all on the, on the slower side of it and not quite as, um, you know, cool or, or savvy or, or something as the, the rest of the group. Way. Um, a couple of people were sitting and catching their breath. I took some time to just kind of explore around, um, but it was just, it was, it was neat to need to watch and and see how other people experienced that that and of course then when I went back with um Molly I got the the pleasure of watching her experience it as well and I I kind of felt like maybe she was feeling almost in the same way that I was a little bit like okay like now that we're here like how do we experience this so her and I chose to walk down to the edge of the water and we found a, a rock that was kind of, you know, 10 feet up and just jetted out into the water a little bit itself. And we climbed up on there and, and, and sat and just, you know, took in the view of the lake and, and the water. And Molly got down for a little bit, went did a little bit of exploring on her own while I just, you know, sat and had something to eat and and took it all in. It was it was gorgeous. Um, there was um, when I was there with Molly. There was a man who was on the left hand side of the lake, underneath that big round rock, who was kind of doing some of his personal exploring. I guess jumping into the water. He may or may not have been with another group that was over in that peninsula area. Um, but it was, I I like that watching how other people interact and, and take in nature because it's just such a just such an amazing experience and again like how how do you take it all in um so the hike back of course you know I guess just play all this in reverse um, Molly and I found some butterflies in the field and tried to take pictures of them. I think she got some good videos of them. Oh, we also, um, her and I enjoyed a, a really lovely picnic on the way up. We, we chose a spot that was, um, really Molly just chose it. And again, that's part of me and this, you know, like letting go like oh you know try not to say oh but there's this place here and there's this place there like she's like let's stop here and I said all right let's stop here and we did and it was really um a really beautiful little um some much smaller meadow area we could hear the water and we were kind of um almost like secluded into ourselves and it was it was really nice just sitting there and you know sharing some light conversation and it was really really um sweet to enjoy that uh, with her and of course both of the ways back you know that the big meadows coming up and you know the first time i saw it the second time i saw it the third time i saw it the fourth time i saw it, it was just even though there were 
different subtleties in the light and the other people who were walking across it and where the clouds were. Go see the big Mao. The big Mao. I'm in love with the big Mao. Oh, make it our airplane after all. Um. Nope, we just flew away. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to share in particular about the trips. There were definitely more flowers the second time Molly and I went back. There was also a big tree that was on its side that um, I'm hoping at another time to go up and just climb around. There was also a girl that I saw. Um, I think it must have been the first time who was either doing the Tahoe Rim Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail because both of them cross both, I mean, you cross both of those at a certain point. And I just remember, well, she was in front of us at one point and then she disappeared for a while and all of a sudden she came walking by again and I was like, well, wait a minute, how did you get behind me? You know, you were ahead of me before. You've already passed me once. And she said she had found some flowers and decided to stop and check them out for a while. And I just looked at her and I thought, you know, like, I want to be you. Like, I knew that she was doing long-term hiking. I could tell from the pack that she was carrying and the fact that she was, you know, a little bit more than, you know, a few days <laughs> outdoors. Um, yeah, she really stuck in my mind. She had short hair, short blonde hair, and her pack was very tidy. Like, everything was inside of her pack, which was very impressive, too. And again, I can't know that, you know, how long, how short she was up there hiking, but I definitely had the impression that she was there for, for more than just a day hike. And I guess I like the fact that her pack was all there but her hands were free and she didn't have anything jangling around or bouncing around and she just she just looked free and I just want to look free too so I think that those are all the things did I talk about the squishiness of the big meadow how some parts were gloopy and muddy and other places were just springy and moist like the big meadow all right I did it I finally got my big meadow recording after only five tries <laughs>